That's right, folks. We're heading to the farm. Join the Be Easy crew as we talk with Dairy Herd and Operations Manager of the Kirtland Farms. Jared is a fourth-generation farmer and is helping bring the family farm into the future. You're not going to want to miss this tasty episode, so sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Be Easy Podcast. Brought to you by your hosts, Carl and Abby O'Brien and Brendan Schuff. So sit back, relax, and be easy. You kids? Yeah, we have, uh, well, we have three of our own, and then actually uh, on April 17th, we entered the crazy world of fostering, so we we, uh, have a a Three and a half month old foster daughter oh, right now. Oh, tiny. That's awesome. Baby. That's awesome. Yeah, she was born she was born April fifteenth and then we we got the call at like four o'clock on April seventeenth and we picked her up like two hours later. It was crazy. crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so this twenty twenty's been nuts. Absolutely nuts for us. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been cool. nuts for everyone, but yeah, you just added on to it a little bit. I know. Tossing that in the yeah. mix. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. That's cool though. I mean, that's, you know, if, yeah. if, when somebody does that, it's, you know, it's yeah, it's incredible for sure. Yeah. It's I, definitely not. I mean, if it, were, if it were up to me, we never would have jumped into this, especially <laughs> in all this, but and it's definitely my wife. She's the one that's home with them all the time. And right. yeah. I'm, I'm so glad we did it. It's been, it's been a really cool experience so well, far. So. Nice to be, you know, happen. Yeah. Oh for yeah, sure. for sure. For sure. Well, I'm excited. Awesome. Hey, I'm excited you're coming on. I'm, I appreciate you, you know, jumping on Shuff. Thought it would be a good idea. I yeah. think, you know, we were like, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, it sounds like something cool, a cool topic. Um, and we've been doing like all kinds of different stuff on the show. And, you know, this is the 24th time we're doing the show. Yes. Uh, yes. So I, I can't believe we've made it this many times. But <laughs> I always say if there was anything positive, we've we've been like, it's like the more you know, we're like meeting cool, interesting people, like going through these interviews, like exposing them to our friends and spreading it, you know, to other people and stuff. And we've yeah. all tried to keep it like pretty positive to, you know, yeah. kind of keep it out of the weeds of everything else that's going on. So yeah. you're not trying to get political. Talk about, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, no, we try to stay away from that as far away as possible. Cool. As far away <laughs> as we possibly can. Yeah. yeah. No, but, I, I, I think I probably listened to, I don't know. Probably maybe close to 10 of them so far. Yeah. So it's, wow. It is cool because, you know, it's like, it's, I mean, I, I haven't talked to you, Brandon, or Shuff, yeah. in, <laughs> uh, you know, a long time, you know, so just to hear about what's going on with you guys and obviously uh, Carl and Abby don't know, you know, you guys at all. So yeah. and the people you guys are bringing on, same thing. So it's just cool to hear, you know, different stories and where people are. And it's, you know, sometimes you listen to like the more famous podcast and it's the same character you know, right. people that yeah. go through and it's the same exactly. story. Yeah. So. That's what uh, Carl always says. We're the people's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's turned into that. It's been fun. Yeah. Cause like the way we're getting guests is we're kind of just like friends of friends, old contacts, like somebody I knew once or someone I met through something. And we just kind of, you know, want to hear their story and kind of talk ex- about, you know, expand it out. Right. Yeah. Which, so yeah. I did a little, a little background look as I always kind of try to look and see if there's anything, like I'll be interested in besides the actual like main reason we're here. But I saw that you did a cross country uh, trip one time with your buddies. It looks kind of yeah. wild. The pictures on the yeah. Facebook. Like, I mean, did you drive completely from end to end or was it like college or high school or? No, we, uh, we actually left like three days, I think after I graduated college. So it was uh, oh, wow. me and three of my buddies from, from high school and me and one of them graduated you know that that spring and then the other two one of them had was a mechanic and he you know had done like two years of, of schooling for that and the other one is a plumber and works for his family's plumbing business so it kind of worked out and yeah we took off somehow some crazy family let us use their minivan and we took <laughs> out the middle seat like i don't know what they were thinking about before college guys take a Dude, minivan across cross country <laughs> i know <laughs> so we we pretty much drove straight out to South Dakota and then hit up a lot of the national parks out there. 
Um, I, have, I have some family that lives in Idaho, like Northern Idaho. Cool. So we did Yellowstone, uh, Yosemite, uh, no, not, I'm sorry, not Yosemite Glacier, uh, Jackson, you know, went down to Utah, Colorado. So it, I think it was like two weeks, two or three weeks we ended up doing it. What? But it was an, it was an awesome trip just cause it's like, you know, we didn't have, there was nothing going on in our lives at that point, you know, no right, responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, I think total, we, I mean, it's like food. We, we just, you know, stayed at campsites, stuff like that. I think the whole thing for like two weeks is like cost each of us maybe like 500 bucks. That's and so it was just crazy, like, dude. We saw. What a time. Know, what a time. I know. Wow. Tons of stories. What a time to be alive. I'll tell you what, $500 to live on the road cross country That's for nuts, two dude. plus weeks. What's, what's crazy is, is the way that you can camp your way through some of those yeah. um, spots where they have the national parks. Cause they have like the designated areas for people that are doing exactly that, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. wild. It's got national parks are crazy. You know, I mean, yeah. Jared and three of his buddies, what, 21 years old, just no responsibility. <laughs> just <laughs> It was a little, it was a little dangerous at times, but we kept it pretty fairly under control. I mean, it, it was actually one thing that was really cool. is so we were, as we were traveling, it was, a, it was 2010. So when the flight, Flyers made the Stanley Cup against the oh, Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we're trying to catch all the games, but we're out in like the middle of nowhere. So we're like, it takes like three different stops at bars to find one that will have the game on because they're so far out in the middle. And then like we're asking them to put on this this hockey game and they're looking at us crazy. So that was that was fun. That was the year that, that was the year they came back, right? And they in the yeah. series before and they were down like like uh, three, one, four games in a row or something? Yeah, against the Bruins. Yeah. The Bruins, yeah. that's right, yeah. yeah. God, I hate Boston. So you did a ton of hiking. Were you into other activities? Like, did you guys whitewater raft or? So we actually have one One of the guy's cousins lived out in, uh, shoot, it was somewhere in Colorado. I can't remember where it was. Um, it was like right on the Utah-Colorado border. And uh, he was like a whitewater raft guy. And so he had a buddy that... Uh, that hooked us up with a raft and we just went down on our own. So it's like, didn't have to pay for it. Just went out and that's awesome. It. That's cool. I was just my, feeling like you had this adventurous side. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually probably the coolest, well, the, the craziest thing that we did is we were in Yellowstone and they have all those hot springs there. I don't know if you guys have ever been out to the national parks out there. Unfortunately I have not as of yet. I've been to Colorado. Yeah. Colorado. I've been to Montana. I've, and I've been yeah. through um, Yellowstone. I've been up to the Rockies, but none of the national parks, unfortunately. Yeah. On the list. So there's, they have they have hot springs, which like you know I've always wanted to swim in a hot spring, but you're only right. allowed to swim there certain times of the year because of too hot. Well, I guess it's mostly because of, of the all the glacier melt or all the ice melt, like the, the water will actually get too high in certain mm. spots, and they're okay. concerned about people getting out in the actual river and, and drowning. Right. So we're like, well. Makes sense. It was closed when we were supposed to be there. But we're, you know, 21 years old, whatever. So we hopped in there for like an hour, just hanging out and, and, and popped up and started walking back. And like we turn around and we see this, uh, I guess, park ranger kind of like coming down after us. And <laughs> he was a little bit overweight. And we just like we didn't stop. We saw him coming the entire time. Just took off? Like, a, well, we didn't run because we could see our car up there and we figured that they would would send someone down it but we just we just, just walked made swiftly. Walk the entire way and we, walk, walk <laughs> we got swiftly. back there we ended up we ended up getting the tickets for that but they were well actually that was probably the most expensive part of our trip was getting the, the <laughs> swimming in our hot springs how, hot how, springs. how was it though was it it was, it was worth every penny yeah yeah like a natural hot tub yeah if you ever have a chance to to do it legally or however where did we do hot springs or talk about doing them uh we did them on i don't know one of was it costa rica might have been might have been i forget we've been itching to get to a national park i know i'd love to go so we've been talking about maybe going to Maine this fall yeah and we just got into kayaking too a lot lately and i'm yeah I, i feel like i would love to go like take it i keep trying to convince her like when I was a kid, we used to do like kayak, camp, kayak, camp, and get to the end. 
They're like, that was your weekend. So you, <laughs> you were a kayaker back in the day, Carl. I didn't know that. Oh, no, we did like, kayakers. we would do, yeah, we would do like big, it. well, no, I'm not stretching it. We used to do like know. big canoes. It would be like me and my, my uncle Mike and a couple of guys and we would have coolers and all the gear on sea one. Shop, and, now it's canoes. Well, yeah, because canoes are a little bigger. You can carry more stuff in them. But yeah. the whole thing is, is like practical. being on the water all day, camping and being on the water all day is like a lot of fun. Great. And national parks are cool places to do that. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, I just need a good bed. I'm like Camp Hilton kind of gal. Stop it. <laughs> they make some nice air mattresses. Yeah, yeah nowadays they do make some good air mattresses. Good call, Jared. They definitely do make good. Yeah. Sure minivan was I mean, I, I would never go camping and not sleep on an air mattress. I'm not that. I'm not that yeah. legit. We definitely no, now air. that it exists, I would always sleep on one. Work. Yeah. Well, at least not anymore. Back in the day, I would. You know, <laughs> back in the Boy Scout days. But yeah. Uh, Nowadays, yeah, I would need an air mattress to, and potentially, you know, rough, maybe some water running would be ideal. <laughs> cool but, trip, though. I like yeah, that. no, that's awesome. I, I mean, I talked, to, I can't, I mean, a million times, me and my buddies from high school talked about like doing across the country. And like, you know, even I feel like in our early 20s, we were like, let's do it, let's do it. And like, never could, like, super fucking cool. I would, I would have loved to do did you make yeah, it. To we did the, uh, did you make it to the coast? No, the furthest west we went was like Idaho and Utah. Okay. Um, we had talked about it, but it was just, it was going to cut it close on our time. It was just be a lot more driving and not actually like. I feel like the West Beats, as you get it through that side, are like so long. <laughs> yeah. To get through. You're like yeah, the last yeah. couple to get all the way to Washington. Because if you're going to go to State Park West Coast, you got to go to Washington. How's the ride at home? Oh, God. <laughs> so it's funny because when I was actually, when I was like in, I think maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school, we did a similar trip with my family. We rented an RV. It did a very similar trip. Uh-huh. So that was, I mean, obviously that was a lot of fun too. It's a different vibe when you go with your friends when yeah. you're 21, you go with your family when you're a teenager, but it was, it was still a lot of fun. But the ride home, the one with my family was, that was the one that was like, oof, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it just, I don't know. I'm done. It was all jumping too. But the one with my friends, I mean, we, we got home and so like, obviously the whole way throughout the trip, everywhere we went, we'd like, you know, stop somewhere, try a new bar. That was kind of like one of our goals was just like, try to like right. visit different places, check things out that we never normally would. Yeah. And we got back and the family that we had, had borrowed their car from, they borrowed my buddy's truck and they actually like locked the keys in the car. So like we like had spent all this time driving back, like through the night, finally uh, got back. Like, oh no, we can't even get back. So we ended up having to go. Just went to another bar and got a couple of drinks. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, well, we've been doing it. Might as well. Keep yeah, this has been the trip. Well, this has been the way it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. So that was after college though, right? Yes, that was after college. I was right after I graduated. And then how, and then did you start farming immediately after college or was there like time in between? No, I didn't. I had no desire at all to, to become a farmer. That was like the, the lowest, you know priority on my on my list i didn't go to school for it had no desire to do it it's actually right away after college i worked for uh, a buddy of mine who owned the excavating company worked for him for a couple of years and i went and worked for uh, a software company um down in, in the exton area okay. um, so that was cool i i it was a great company got to, actually got to travel all over the country a bunch for that which was cool but kind of in the middle of that is when my wife and i got engaged got married uh, started having kids moved kind of back out near my parents farm and you know just got kind of tired of sitting behind a desk got the kind of got the itch of you know i never thought i'd really get and it's kind of how i ended up back here wow so what uh how old were you then what was that how old am i no yeah, how old were um, you when you kind of made the transition from, from uh, the when I made the transition, the farm? that was i think i was 26 okay so yeah six six years ago it was 2014 so yeah i would have been i would have been uh 26 then so yeah, it was, I don't know. It was, it was just a good timing. My, so we run a dairy, a dairy farm. I'm the, the fourth generation here. And wow. actually in 2013, my dad built kind of a, a brand new milking facility, kind of like state of the art facility. And the cows actually get milked by robots now. That's crazy. And there, so I don't know, that was a little bit of a draw, you know, the, in, you know, the newer technology that we could use, um, you know, expanding <laughs> our, our farm. I don't know. Being able to be a little bit more <laughs> hands in. 
I kept on. saying before we came on, I was like, I'm reading all this stuff and, and I keep seeing the word robot farmers, robot farmers, robot farmers. And I'm like, yeah. doesn't it sound funny to anyone else? I mean, and I, I was like, no, that sounds like the future to me. Future yeah. sounds like that's the future. Efficiency. And, but I, I work in, you know, I work in the IT industry and like, we talk about like, you know, smart farming and agriculture and, and what technology can be used and different things like that. But I just still in my head when I hear robot farmer, like it sounds funny to me because it's like farmers aren't robots. Like that's not. <laughs> but then I'm watching all your videos and I'm learning like you're you're dealing with a lot of technology regularly, like in your yeah. life, you know, which is I feel like cool because you get almost like. You're cutting edge, but you're also doing things that have been done the same way for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, yeah. it's crazy. How many yeah. cows are on the farm? So we we milk, we have like 300 adult milking cows. And then we have about the same number of what we call replacement heifers. So every, every time a cow has a calf, we don't raise any of the bulls on our farm. Um, just the heifers. They're the ones that, they're the only ones that'll, uh, a heifer is a female baby cow. Um, so we raise them until they eventually have their first calf. And then after they have their first calf is when they start producing milk. So we have about 300 of those as well. So about oh, wow. 600 animals total on our farm. Baby cows must be so cute. Yeah. <laughs> How many yeah. total? 600? 600. Wow. Yeah, 600 total. Wow. That's a um, lot of cows. Do they anyway, so before you had the, auto- uh, the robot milkers, each one of those cows was milked by hand. Yeah. So when we say by hand, like I wasn't sitting there stripping them out by hand. We had machines that we would attach to them. Right. We had to manually attach machines yeah. and, and move them all around. Okay. Yeah. Got we it. haven't done, we haven't actually sat down and milked cows by hand since my, my great grandparents. Like have you ever years. done it? No. Have you milked uh, a cow by hand? Not, not an entire cow. No, wow. no. I feel like we need to lay down like a challenge and be like, <laughs> dude, we need... So we what do you mean not an entire cow? Like just Jared like, to milk an entire cow or have like a race? A few, like a few. So we teeth. The way you milk a cow before you attach the milker, like in a traditional milking style, right. you always have to clean the teeth off. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a food product, so it has to be sanitary. Right. And then what you do is you actually take a couple of strips of the milk out of each teeth just to make sure there's no you know, discoloration or anything that's not supposed to be. And that actually stimulates the release of oxytocin, which is a hormone that allows them to, to let their milk down and, and start being milk. So God. some science behind their side. So you know, we you know, do that and we milk them uh, okay. that way, but not actually sat down and, and milked a, an entire cow. Don't have that kind of patience. <laughs> so so with, the, with the robots now, how does that process change? Like instead so, of you like grabbing a machine and bringing it over to the cow, like how, like what is the robot? So the cows are in a barn. It's called a freestall barn and they can essentially do whatever they want all day long. You know, they have access to feed 24 seven water 24 seven. They can go lay down. And then we have four stationary units where the, the robotic milking arms are. And when they walk into the robot, they get like a specialized pellet. It's kind of like a candy almost. Right. And that's really their incentive to come in. So, uh, you know, our cows, they can really just about come in as much as they want to get milk. So we have some that'll get milk four or five times a day. Um, some that'll get milk twice a day. But that's they, they come they literally just come in they come in on their own they're usually aligned there and then we have like wait a second hold on yeah. I got I got I got to draw this picture in my please head. do okay. Carl they're going to get a little treat but so, so what you're saying is like we're we're hanging at the farm we're like in the yard they, and and I've, I've, cow, I've seen right? some of the videos right so they have the feed there they can get water they can lay they're hanging out all day and then basically when they want to get milked or they want to treat. They just go the over other. that certain area and then like it knows it's they're ready and then it just like, lets them in and then they're like waiting yeah. in line. That's like, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but think about how nuts that is. I like know. that's wild. That's it's awesome. Yeah. It's so smart. The, the yeah. way that it it's it's all interfaced with the computer that each cow has a collar that they wear around right. the neck. It's kind of like a Fitbit. Is it RFID or Bluetooth? God, yeah, that's it's RFID. Yeah, it's RFID. Wow. Yeah, and uh, wow. Yeah, so so that, each cow has a unique ID, and you have them like in a database. Yes, exactly. Right. Yep. And so that's we can like, and I can. We have a computer on the farm that we can look up all that, all the information on a cow, how much milk she's given, you know, when the last time she got milked, all that stuff. And then we also have apps on our phone where we can go in. So literally, like if we're on vacation or something, we can monitor. 
every single cow. So, so people are looking at like the lights in their front yard and you're looking at like Betsy and, and <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you naming them or are they numbered? One, two, they're numbers. They're, they're numbered. numbered. Oh. We have a few. We have a few that have names. Maple syrup, right? Is maple syrup? Yeah, maple syrup. That's a yeah, that's one of the favorites. Uh, and, and I heard you. And I, I saw that video. You you said she's a red and white cow. That yeah, blew red, my red, mind red. because I always brown cow is what I always thought it was. They look brown, but they're, they're technically called a. And there are some that cows. There's like a brown Swiss breed, but there's a breed. There's black and white Holsteins, which is kind of like the, you know, that's what you usually see as a dairy cow. But then there's it's called right. a red and white Holstein. Um, red and white Holstein, and what's the cow's yeah. name? Uh, maple syrup. Maple, maple syrup. Carl, one of us. One yeah. of us. <laughs> maple syrup. Red and white. I never knew that. That's really cool. Yeah. So after you get the milk, then what? So, yeah, the cows will get milked. Um, we'll go in there. The milk will, there's a jar, kind of like a milk jar that weighs the milk. Um, and then that gets pumped into, we have what's called like a bulk tank uh, on the farm. And that cools it. First, the milk goes through a plate cooler. To, when the milk comes out of the cows, it's right around 100 degrees. Okay. And so, you know, right away we cool it down with water and then there's a, a cooler in the, we have a stainless steel tank that the milk all goes to from all the cows. And there, there's a, a refrigeration unit uh, that keeps the milk below 40 degrees. Does um, it have to like, other... be stirring like cement? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. There's, there's paddles oh, wow. in there that, that'll, that'll automatically and uh, that'll, that'll, that's stirred up in there. And then our milk gets picked up every other day. Oh, wow. Cool. But, by a truck every other so day used for various things right i feel like i read somewhere lando lakes was involved yeah so lando lakes that's that's who we ship our milk through lando lakes lando lakes is actually uh it's called a cooperative um right. a member and cooperative so technically we are part owners of lando lakes and lando lakes is a pretty big company it's not just like the butter and cheese they have a lot of uh they have their hands in you know a lot of the agronomy side as far as like okay seed and fertilizer inputs and chemical inputs and that's really? that's a little bit bigger out in like the midwest area <laughs> i was just i didn't know anything about that yeah but it's, yeah so our milk our milk will go there's a, a land of lakes butter plant out in carlisle so oh, our yeah. milk will go there sometimes land of lakes has a contract with hershey so sometimes it goes to hershey um so you might then, they might be using your milk to make chocolate bars is what you're telling oh yeah absolutely i mean it really goes anywhere all over the delaware Valley, well, even right. in the kind of valley. I mean, the beginning of the summer, we were sending uh, a decent amount to down to the Wild Wild plant. Uh, oh wow, down in <laughs> yeah. uh, like, where? Where's that at? Is that outside of Glen Mills? Yeah, it's like, it's like above Newtown Square, above Westchester, yeah. out that way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm from the town. My hometown, where I grew up, is where the first <laughs> Wawa ever store number one exists. The number one, Balsam, Pennsylvania, is uh, where I grew up, and it's again. I didn't believe him until I saw the sign on the plaque on the wall. (laughs) He brings me in and he's like, see, I'm like, okay. First one. My stepdad actually wrote a letter. He was so mad when they shut it down because they built a super Wawa at the end of the block. And he, like all the neighbors, like my whole neighborhood was like, we can't believe you're knocking down the first Wawa ever. Like what's wrong with you? It should be a museum. You people are crazy. And they still knocked it down. And now there's a super (laughs) Wawa. It's so sad, but yeah, you know, I feel like I've always always loved milk and I feel like I get made fun of for drinking milk. I love milk. I love it. I love it. I I grew up where like milk would be with dinner. Like, what do you want for dinner? Water or milk? Like that was my only decisions for dinner. (laughs) Yeah. One of my, uh, speaking of Wawa and milk, one of my favorite dairy products I ever had was at Wawa. I don't know if they always have it, but they have this uh, like cookies and cream milk Yay. and it tastes like a milkshake and it is so good. I don't know if I've ever had it. I just it know it's good chocolate. really, really good. It's really good. Really? It tastes yeah. like you're drinking like an Oreo. It's amazing. Yeah. Really? It's, it's unreal. I might have to go right it's after unreal. this. To check it out. <laughs> Did you know they're putting a Wawa in, in Morgantown? Get out of here. Where? Yeah. Yeah. Sheets. Where? Where? Sheets. No, Sheets here to stay. That's Later, uh, Sheets. Sheets is our original. It was Sheets was a huge deal when it came in. Do you remember that? When Big it came deal. In, it was, I, like it was I, I mean, it brought in like our third traffic light, you know? I know. I know. Happy no, they're putting it on down across from the windmill. Oh, but isn't there that brand new Turkey Hill? Yeah, they're putting it right beside it. Wow. What? Bummer for they, Turkey they, Hill. 
Just don't even go later, bro. Yeah, it's a bummer for Turkey. And I cannot believe that Wawa's intruding into Sheets territory. I used to love Turkey Hill back well, in the day with their Yeah, Turkey Hill is great. I mean, their ice cream. There's enough wallet share to go around. Well, yeah, but there's a big history with uh, Sheets and Wawa. And they, they were really good business partners and friends for a long time. And then really? They, I've actually seen them. And they separated, up. I believe. And they've now they're teaming up in the pandemic, though. It's been weird. Oh, uh, maybe they came. Maybe they've reunited. That would be cool. So. For an example, though, but Wawa had a dairy farm at one point in time. Like, that was their main original, I think, business. Really? Yeah. I think it was something to do with it. I mean, they process, they have their own dairy plant. Like, Sheets doesn't have that, and a lot of other right. uh, really? marred stones. But yeah, Wawa, was, Wawa was a dairy farm. They, and you know what was crazy, too? They were right next to Franklin Mint, where the money was made. It was the money yeah. on one side and the milk on the other. They used to make jokes uh-huh. about it when... I was growing up. So Kirtland, is it Kirtland Farms? Yeah, Kirtland, K-U-R-T-L-A-N-D Farms. Kirtland. Where did that come yeah. from? That's a good question. <laughs> I, my, my last name is Kurtz. Yeah. I think they just dropped the Z and added that. I think my grandfather might that have makes been the sense. one. So, so four generations. That's yeah. hundred years, exactly, right? Yeah, my, my great-grandfather bought the farm in 1920. Um, wow. So this is 100 years this year. So freaking cool. And quite yeah. the upgrade with the robots. I, I mean, that must have been a big. Could you imagine telling telling your grandpa, "Hey, by the way, now yeah. robots do everything." Sorry, bummer for you. A hundred years to, to basically to the date, I guess, right? Or to yeah. year one hundred. That's yeah. really cool. So it's, it's really cool because the house that we live in now is is a super old house. It's like three hundred years, and it was actually used as like. And in the valley that our farm is in, there's a bunch of springs and it was used as like a triage place um, after the Battle of Paoli in the Revolutionary oh, wow, War. yeah. Wow. And so they think that that the house that we live in, some of the troops actually like, you know, had got cared for and, and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's cool. And our kids, our kids living in it now are the fifth generation that have lived in the house. So that's, awesome. that's kind of cool. It is. I love it. I feel like people that live in it are like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. And I'm like, dude, how cool is it that you wake up? Strong history family. You know what I mean? And someone's like, guess what, dude, we're farmers and you're going to be a farmer. And I'm like, that would be cool. Like if I knew what I was supposed to do. But But for Barrett, he wasn't. He almost did it. the other side of it too, though. Like, you know, I I mean, I never wanted to do what my parents were told me to do. Like, you know, I would... Sometimes like, you just do something else. But but yeah, like I think family businesses are so cool. I love that you get to build and build and build and like keep the, the name going and like you know keep keep the idea going. And it's it's so cool to be able to work for yourself and like continue the family tradition for sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's there's a lot of awesome pros and then there's challenges you have to work with work right. through. I mean, you you know, you show up and you work with your your dad every day, which is awesome. Awesome, but then it's like when you guys when we get together like a family get together and we start talking about work we get you know sideways looks from my mom and my wife <laughs> yeah, but and my, that's one one thing that's really cool is like my my parents never at all pressured i mean they told me they basically made me go to college and right. pushed me to, to do other stuff and i think you know my dad especially really always would love for me to come back but never i mean when I came back, he made me sit down and write out 10 reasons why I should be allowed. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, wow. Where was college, by the way? Where I go to college? I went to Messiah College out uh, near Harrisburg. Uh, that's out way, like way past Lancaster, right? Yeah. Out yeah. Way. I went to yeah. Shippensburg, which is kind of out that way. Yeah. It's a little, right. yeah, a little bit further. Yeah. Did, well, did, Carl, you, play, uh, yeah. did yeah. you play soccer there? No, I didn't. No way, man. Their soccer team is really good, good, actually, good. right? Yeah, I think they've won, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight D3 national yeah. championship. That's why I okay. know the name. I was saying to them earlier, I was like, yeah, yeah, I think he went to Messiah. And I was like, why do I know the name Messiah? And now that you just said that, I'm because I played soccer growing up too. I was like, yeah, they've, they won a lot of national championships. When I looked on Wikipedia the other day, I was like, wow, they've won like 15 in the last 20 years or something. Yeah. Really? But my wife, my wife played soccer there. And oh, she really? And she won a cut. The women's team was really good too. Okay. So she won two championships. So, oh, sick. so you met, met, met in college? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, awesome. She's actually from, she's from central Jersey. So I convinced oh, what her. Part? Um, like the Florence, Bordentown area. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Is right, she from a farming type family? <laughs> Not at all. Well, I, I only ask because you know, there are a ton in that Jersey patch over there. Yeah, I know. If you get yeah. out, kind of like right between, you know, the PA Jersey border, if you go in a couple miles, you know, yeah. it's, it's a big farm. I used to there. drive that a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I, my business, I had a lot of North Jersey business so i would drive like the back ways through like past all the farms and the tomatoes and everything and then i would like cut over to get but i i always used to be like there's so many farms in jersey like you know i, I mean literally you're growing tomatoes like uh, you know you could literally drive for three hours and just see farmland for three hours in new jersey yeah, what cool. else is happening on the farm other than cows so the cows is kind of our main our main thing and we grow all of our own crop well not all of our most of our own crops so oh, you know, that's really like spring cool. and fall are pretty busy for us but i mean it's really the cows that keep us busy in the summer we my wife and i run like a, a small roadside produce stand we sell uh like we do, the only thing that we grow is the sweet corn okay um, and then there's like a a local produce auction up once you like a little bit further up in lancaster county and so we get some stuff from up there and, and sell it and the people love it i mean and it's you know I was just talking about how much I love corn. You love corn. Corn's one of my top five favorite foods. I have a corn cob. Yeah, I love it. And I love now. It's also Carl's logo. It's like, yeah. If you you, you had a logo as a person, the cob is. Well, that's my initials, but. Carl. I love (laughs) corn and I always have. And I feel like my favorite now recently is everyone's making like street corn. So they put like all these seasonings and different stuff on there. Yeah. But like I used to just get like salt and pepper and I would eat like six years of corn like as a kid. Like wow. no problem. Just like, like Abby actually tells – she asks to leave the room when I'm eating <laughs> corn. She said it makes me look really unattractive. She's like, she's like, you look ridiculous because – I believe when I, that. Like, when I dress up, when I got like. I cut my corn off the cob. Oh, of no, Abby. I know. I just don't like it in the teeth. You know, I like, hate uh, it. Carl likes it in the beard. Oh, well, now oh, I do. Now I do the wrap. So that I do the tinfoil on the grill and I put the butter slice in there and I do the Old Bay seasoning and I, you know, and, and I pop them out and then I sprinkle a little more on there. And I, I mean, I'm like, I'll eat one ear in like a second. And Abby hates it. She hates it. I'd never heard of street corn either. And then my wife told me about it last year. And she made one. It was like a, a buffalo yes. style one. She put like buffalo and blue cheese. And it changed my life. I was like, I've really? been, <laughs> I've been eating life. corn my entire life. And it was unreal. It's so good, dude. It's so good. I've yeah. never had street corn. I mean, I just, a little butter. Where were we? That's all I need. AJ Radigan's. Oh, yes. Oh, really? Shout out to AJ Radigan's. The guy in Pottsville. That's where I recently had the most delicious street corn. Like one of their, uh, like, trucks, food trucks? Their restaurant. The restaurant. Their barbecue man. That's the other thing I feel like I need to ask a little bit. So are we eating, like, delicious steaks regularly or we're not killing the cows? (laughs) So we usually. I don't know how to say that in a nice way, but we're. I, I love cows. I love them. But they are delicious. They are. We uh, usually get usually get like two butchered a year. We okay. kind of split it with my parents and some other family members. So a lot of it, I mean, dairy cows don't have like the, you know, they're a lot more lean. So yeah. you know, their soy is juicy, but we get a lot of ground beef and burger patties made out of them. And I mean, that's, we probably eat those like twice a week through the summer. Oh my God. Believe, so you have a so, good, yeah, uh, I imagine you probably have a good cow guy then, right? You have a connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carl and I have been, we've been talking about maybe going in on like a, a quarter cow or something. So maybe, well, so, maybe well, we can we, get yeah. that. We actually just started breeding some of our cows to to Angus, so using okay. uh, an Angus bull, and then we actually even started using some Wagyu, which I guess is like the elite, you know, right? Yeah. Those are the ones that have the elite cuts now. So if you guys want, well, I'll let you know when they're a little bit older and they're getting ready to close. They're getting point. grown. Yeah, yeah uh, I feel like we learned it. about it from the farmers market. Yeah. Those cheeseburgers at the Williamsport Farmer's Market are so incredible. Do you guys go to any farmer's markets up your way or is it like... we? There's not really many around. There's one in yeah. like West Reading, which is about 25 minutes from us. 
we hit, I've hit that one up a couple of times. How far is the Lancaster spot? How far is Lancaster from you guys? About 35, 40 minutes probably. Cause yeah, what did we yeah. go to? Remember we went to that wedding in Lancaster and they had like that, that indoor like farmer's market thing. Oh, yeah. It's like that was like Reading Terminal. Yeah. It was like a Reading Terminal. Amish. Yeah, the Amish market. Yeah. Right. Well, and then there's also yeah. Green Dragon, which is Green Dragon. The What's whole Green other Dragon. <laughs> That's a whole other animal. What? Okay. Uh, you need to you need to bring them out sometime. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's a, just a cultural experience. Shuff, yeah. What is Green Dragon? Tell me right now. It's just like it's a, a permanent like location where they have like a bizarre. Like a, yeah, I guess you call. It, I don't know. It's like a mix of a farmers market, but then there's like live <laughs> animals. There's like you can pet the animals. No, you can buy them. That thing called too when we were going hiking rice. Rice family market. Did you get in? Do you guys have check-ins or anything? Oh, so, no, about the other animals. Yeah. Are there other, the other animals, animals on the farm? So it's really funny with quarantine and everything. So like our son, our oldest son is in kindergarten. Okay. Whatever it was, like the Friday that they shut everything down, like they, at like two o'clock in the afternoon, they're like, kids aren't coming back to school again on Monday. Yeah. The, the next day, that Saturday, my wife went out and bought like baby chicks and somehow like figured out how to order them. So that way there was like three baby chicks coming for every, like every week for the next six or seven weeks. Wow. And so we never had chickens before. You guys were on a chicken like, subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like every week she's like, well, we have I can't ask him the today. question now, Chef. I know the answer. It was chickens. Oh man. Oh, that's crazy. So, so like, so what, you like, you like, build like a farm like a, a, a not like a cage for them and everything well we had she wants she wanted to do like free range and uh so we had a shed next to our house and she like did the research on how to make them free range and everything so they go out during the day and then we lock them in the shed at night and actually yesterday the the oldest ones just started laying their first egg and found them oh, first congratulations so, uh, he's, like, he's through the roof we haven't even eaten them yet Oh wow! Um, do you, do any of the coyotes come down to the valley there? Well, um, well, I'm not. I mean, we have we have predators, but if we've seen some, not nothing. Because we've had we've quite a few coyotes up at up at our house, up in the woods. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I didn't know well, if they make their way all the way down there. They're in the area. We haven't had many issues with them. But my, we actually also raised uh, twenty broilers, like meat meat chickens. And they grow super fast, and uh, they they're ready to to be butchered in like seven or eight weeks. So we we raised twenty of those and took them to a, like an Amish guy on the other side of Morgantown and got them butchered, and they're in our freezer. So like we jumped. Oh, they were yeah. I mean they they were they're good. I mean they're I can't say that I can tell like a, a huge difference, like difference, but it's just cool knowing we raised them. And yeah, I mean if you can't t- t- tell a huge difference from all the you know stuff they put in them, then. That's awesome. There yeah. my sister and her boyfriend raised chickens out in the Pittsburgh area the last couple of years and the fresh eggs every time she brings them to me. Oh, every home. time. They're the best eggs. The best. But you're also what else are you you're growing there? You're growing corn for yeah. the cows and then So we else? grow pretty much all of our acres we grow uh so there's a difference. We have sweet corn is like what people eat and then field corn is what the what animals eat and uh so we pretty much put it in over the summer, everything's in field corn. Um, and then we harvest that for the cows. And then as soon as that comes off, we put uh, what's called a cover crop in the ground. So it essentially helps stabilize the soil through the winter. And then that'll grow. And what we usually plant is like dry. And that'll that'll kind of grow through the winter. And then we'll harvest that in the spring okay. um, before we plant our corn. What do you do so, with the rye? Is that, do the cows eat that as well? Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's basically like a, a grass hay. Yeah. So we harvest that too. So that's kind of like the, you know, one of the forages that they eat. So all the, ever, all the crops that we grow on the farm you know, go back to the cows. Go back into the farm. Yeah. That's what I was saying to these guys earlier. I was like, all the agriculture and farming that's done is to feed the cows so they can get the milk. Like that's, yeah. the, way the, world, that's the way the, the world goes around on the farm. And it, it's crazy. A lot of people don't realize you know, how much like we recycle and what we do, you know, cause cows produce two things. They produce milk and manure and the, all the manure that they produce, we put back out on the fields as fertilizer. And then we actually also, when we built the new barn, uh, we installed what's called a, a manure solid separator. So it separates out the solids from the manure, from the liquid. Okay. And the solids are actually, it's almost like a kind of like a powder or, or a dust or almost like a mushroom soil. If you guys have ever, seen that and we can actually use that we can we can take that and put it back in the barn 
and the cows will lay on that as they're bedding. So we really try and, you know, take all the waste that we produce, we try and re recycle. And a lot of the food that they eat is, is food that humans couldn't eat. Like, um, we get a lot of, we get a lot of grains from local breweries like victory, um, five Fox and stuff like that. Uh, the, the the grain that's left over after they, after they brew the beer and they, they bring tractor trailer loads of it and we'll mix that in their feed as well. So instead of that going to a landfill, you know, we can feed it to the cows as a protein source and, that's I wonder if there could ever be like some sort of cross like farm brewery like situation. We do it all there. Well, or like like barrels could be led there or because I know with vodka too, you can make all different kinds of stuff. Maybe there's a distillery situation, you know, because they all it's all similar types of products, right? I mean save that for the yeah. next generation. But I was gonna say the next can figure that out. Well, well, and what do they grow for for they grow um what goes in beer? Hops, right? Hops and yeah, yeah. With barley and barley. Stuff yeah. Like that. yeah. Is that stuff able to be grown in, in like the Pennsylvania area or is most of it? Yeah. There, I mean, there's barley yeah. that's, there's barley that's grown around. I mean, I'm sure I'm not, I don't. Right. I'm not hundred percent sure on the hops and stuff. I'm sure there's some. Yeah. Grown. I'll, I'll tell you what, I always tell people like if someone's visiting me or whenever that's that natural manure smell is like the best it's home. <laughs> Like, are you talking about in Morgantown? It just smells like poo all the time. Is that what you're saying? Not all the time. Just certain times of the year when they're, you know, you know, getting the, the fields ready or something. I don't know. I'm not the farmer. That's Jared's territory. But there's certain times of the year where it's in the air and it's it's home, man. You know? Well, it's funny because our farm, like, literally is is bordered by Twin Valley the uh, High School. Yeah, High School. So it's like. I know there's times I'd be up there, you know, different sporting events and stuff. And it's, you're sitting up there and it's like, yeah, you can definitely smell just kind of the way it is. But it's like anything else you smell for a second. And then it's like, you're in it, but but like driving around sometimes. And like, you just get a whiff, like it could be somewhere else, another farm, but it's like, brings me back to twin Valley and Morgantown. And I guess the Kirtland farm, because you know, you guys like you, yeah, you're right below the school, you know? So in grain, yeah, so are those uh, your cows that go right up to the to the I guess what do you call that the driveway or the entry? No, those are those are actually a, that's a neighboring farm. Okay, uh, that's the cows there. So okay. yeah, we try and we try and actually the last couple of years there's ways that you can can actually inject the manure into the ground, like just right underneath the soil an inch or two. Wow. And it's a lot more expensive to, to put it in that way, but you don't lose as many of the nutrients uh, right. it really stay in the soil and it cuts down on, on, you know, there's really no odor smell at all because it's not sitting on the ground. It's going right into the ground. So, so we've done some of that and would, and would love to do more of that. It's just, it's pretty costly. Yeah. So how do you keep up with like all the latest and greatest technologies in the farming world? Cause I just feel like, you know, you're getting up very early in the morning and, you know, imagine long days. And then like, how do you keep tabs on like, what's hot or like what the future trends are that's a good question i think there's a there's some different like ag publications that are out there um get a lot of different email you know daily email newsletters and there'll be there'll be things in there we we go to a lot of different meetings especially through the winter um, with different vendors or you know seed companies fertilizer companies that we work with and we'll hear about a lot of the technology there and i think even more and more you know, the podcasts as well. There's a lot of pretty cool ag farming podcasts out there and they talk, you know, all throughout the country, what, what the guys are doing. Oh, sweet. Um, and then social media. I mean, there's a lot of farmers out there that are on social media and do a really good job of, you know, explaining what they're doing and yeah. you know, have big followings and then equipment companies want them to, you know, demo their latest and greatest technology and, you know, for everyone to see. So that's kind of, that's probably part of it. But I mean, it's, there's some technology that is way out beyond, you know, my comprehension even. Just, yeah. It's crazy out there. It's crazy. Uh, I work yeah. every I day. I'm, I've only done a little bit of it, but I, I had one client or my one client that I work with had done some like, they call it IOT internet of things where they'll put like devices out in the fields to get like readings of temperatures and, you know, when the watering should happen and things like that. And the data analytics side of it gets really crazy because I feel like nowadays uh, farming is even like into like the medical field as well, like biopharma and people are farming different things. And 
trying to use ingredients to give back to that kind of stuff. And now the research that can be done because of all the technology that's available for agriculture, it's like, it's, it's, it's a whole nother, you know, different field nowadays, like technology in agriculture. Like now kids can go to school to learn how to figure out more data about how why tomatoes will grow faster in a certain soil and with different yeah. cow poop than the other tomatoes will grow with different cow poop in their tomatoes. It's like nuts. But this, it is crazy. It blows my mind because this is like how everyone has lived for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years is, is through agriculture and through farming. Yeah. So like when did you guys decide to switch over and put RFID chips on the cows? Because that I'm still, my mind still blown by the fact like, because I do, you know, I used to work for a credentialing company where we would have a badge that went to a person that had an RFID chip and we would track them everywhere and we would know all about them. But you're doing that with 600 cows on your farm. And like, that's really, really cool. So that's, we have to do that. So the, the only cows that have that are the cows that are being milked in our new barn. But we have to have that. So that way the robot knows which cow is coming in Yeah. Uh, to get milked i mean that's really the only way otherwise they would have no the robot would have nothing to read to know what cow was in there yeah. so that was necessity for that but i mean it is you know we, it tracks how much they move around um how much they chew their cud which is like their process of, of digesting the food and so we can look at those you know if we see a cow that all of a sudden their their rumination their their time spent chewing their cud drops and their activity suddenly drops you know something's going on we can okay. go out there and, you know, and help. Is there like an alarm them. that gets set off on the computer if like Betsy uh, is like feeling under the weather? So we have, we have a number of reports and one of them is called a health report. And so we can just click on that and it'll show us, um, it has a number of metrics that it looks at and then it rates a cow's chance of being sick from zero to 99. And oh, okay. so the higher the number, the higher chance that cow is sick. We so. need this for humans. Like we all need to walk around with a collar and <laughs> have an idea. I think that it is. It's Fitbits, right? <laughs> for health and hmm. yeah, I know. And it's yeah, even the tech virus vaccine. Think about that. <laughs> the technology with it's crazy too, because I mean, we're I think we're really just on the tip of the iceberg with what oh, some yeah. of the universities are trying to do in detecting you know cow health events and then you know even human health events you know think about that that's probably coming sometime in the next 20 to 30 years where you wear something it's like okay this you know vitamin or mineral level in your body is low here quick take this pill and yeah i was watching um i was watching this show called upload which is based in the future and the guy was walking through the grocery store and he got scanned and they're like you're low on iron you know (laughs) go get some steak yeah that's funny yeah. Um, no, the well, animal wild. health, the animal health, and the technology rolling through that industry is is crazy, and I, it's it's it keeps it continues to evolve, right? I mean, I saw a video you uh, with you and your son where you even have a robot that basically feeds, a feed robot. Or like moves the feed, right? What is that? Thing yeah, called? it's a it's called a Juno, and it's the same company that made our milking robots makes that, and it's kind of like it looks almost like a Roomba. Yeah, you know, you a massive out. Roomba. Yeah, the kids love helping out on the farm. They do. They like being out on the farm. Their help. It all depends. Um, <laughs> they're still a little young. Yeah, but they they love coming out. But yeah, the the Juno will slowly go down through the barn and push the feed back in closer to the cow. So that way, they as cows eat, they kind of push the feed away from them um, themselves Makes and they sense. kind of sort through it. And so you know, we feed them every morning at like six o'clock. And so by the, the time the next morning or, you know, midnight of the, the following day rolls around, they won't have as much feed at the feed bunk and it will be pushed out further away. So this thing kind of keeps the feed right in front of them 24 hours. So you can get How much feed in there. How much do these cows eat though? Are they eating like seven times a day? They're, yeah, they eat multiple times a day. And the, you know, the total weight of what they eat, you know, they eat probably close to 120 pounds of feed. I feel like being uh, a cow sounds pretty cool. Uh, how, how, like a day or... Yeah, 120 pounds a day. Yeah, a day. Wow. Yeah. So they they produce. You know, our our highest producing cows will will produce over 150 pounds of milk a day. Holy um, smokes! Wow. How many? I wish I, I can't do the math that quick. How many gallons of milk is that? Uh, so a gallon of milk's like really like 8.6 pounds. Right. So close to probably 18 gallons, I guess, something like that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and there's 
300 something, 600 of them. So well, 300 cow producers. Yeah, 300 that are, that are being 300 producers, right, right. Yeah. yeah, give or take, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly that. But I mean, so if you, I heard a stat not too long ago, I think it was in the 1960s, we had like 75% more cows than we do now, and we produced like 30% less milk. Wow. Within the dairy industry. So we're producing, you know, that high percentage amount more milk with fewer cows. It's just the, the crazy that the, you know, the efficiencies. Yeah, efficiencies. That we've well, you achieved. make them smarter. You're working, you yeah. work smarter, not yes. harder, right? You right. What makes cows produce more milk? And you try to yeah. do that too, Speak, more than Speaking of cow. that, like, like what time does your day start? It has to be pretty early, <laughs> I imagine, right? It is. It's way too early. Um, <laughs> My I set my alarm for like 3:45. Ouch! And then, and then I usually hit the snooze a couple times. Okay. My goal is to be out of bed by like right around four. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm yeah. then I'm up and you going for the a lot of sunrises. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly once I'm awake, like the first ten or fifteen minutes are the worst. Yeah, yeah. And then then after I'm awake, like I love it. Like if I could just skip to that point where I'm like my blood's flowing and I'm the sun's rising. Yeah, they yeah. were. Uh, they, Carl was like, "I wonder what like a favorite somebody's favorite thing on the farm would be." And I said, "I imagine Jared probably sees quite a few awesome sunrises. Sunrises uh, are probably top top notch you know, out uh, there yeah. in nature and in the valley. And especially, I mean, in the in the morning, it's kind of nice. I and mean, we have you know, we don't have like a quiet family right now. Our oldest <laughs> is almost seven, and then all the way down to three months. So it's just it's one hundred percent chaos." Yeah. all the time so it's nice to have some time kind of to myself you know in the morning before anyone's up you know just kind of working you know a lot of my work is i'm not really working with anyone it's kind of by right. myself and, yeah so when it's quiet outside and have that it is it is nice i just you know but at the same time it's not like i can get to bed super early at this phase of life yeah either right, we're, i feel like we're keeping them up i'm like i feel bad because he needs to go to bed because he's got to get up in like seven hours it's like crazy <laughs> I know. Um, are, are, are you keeping the tradition are the kids uh swim team or they get swim team bound uh, uh that's a good question well they didn't have it this year oh yeah i guess uh, yeah. they probably but, canceled it because that's how jared yeah, and i know each other our families were both big swim team families back in the day yeah um, thrown away back i don't know yeah. that's a good question they this, like this the summer our uh, our four-year-old and our three-year-old both learned how to swim and you know, so there we're we're at we're, we go to the Twin Valley pool. My oh, wife nice. and kids do just about every day, and they're they're in there now swimming around. And sounds like so they, they love the it. Future. I know they love it. Nice. So we'll see. It's it's I can't think about much more than just getting through each day at this point. I, I got that. I bet I could see you out in a lawn chair watching them. You know, on a, on a weekend afternoon at swim meets. You know, just like our parents did. I could see it. Has the pandemic changed your industry at all? It has. Um, so I don't know if you remember, like right when it first hit, everyone flooded the grocery stores. Yeah. And mm. it seems like a year ago. Water, eggs. Well, that's what you staples. have to get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So milk was, they actually, in some in some states, in some stores, they put limits on the number of gallons of milk that you could buy. And the exact same time that they did that, we had milk that was getting dumped into our manure pit because it didn't have a place to go. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I heard so that. basically what, basically what happened is, you know, milk has turned into so many different products and yeah. for so many different purposes. So when, you know, we have, let's just say 25% of our supply goes to, you know, the food service industries like restaurants, colleges, cruises, right. resorts, stuff like that. And immediately all that stuff is shut down. You know, all the milk that is, you know, typically going that way has no home. But yet these other plants that are used to, you know, producing, you know, however many gallons of milk every day, suddenly their demand is like doubled and tripled and they just don't have the capacity to produce wow. that. So it was literally just the supply chain logistics that, you know, yeah. all the plants that were able to process milk for retail were going at 110%. But then there were other plants that like we, there's nowhere for our milk, you know, for the products that we make for, for milk to go anywhere. Um, is it the same kind of milk? Like, or is there different things done with the milk or is just literally people weren't talking or like didn't know to talk? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, different things. So uh, like one plant that, you know, there's a plant that might make fluid milk, you know, like whole milk, 2%, 1%, um, heavy cream, stuff like that. And then there's, you know, cheese plants and um, plants that make yogurt 
uh, ice cream. Everything yes. else. I knew he was going to say ice cream. I was waiting for him to say it because I love ice cream so much. Um, but I, I knew okay. I mean, there's got to be milk Carl, making ice cream. Carl, I'm a big fan of yours. You know, drinking milk at dinner, <laughs> eating corn all the time. I <laughs> have such an ice cream problem. I, Abby, like, Abby will be like, oh, wait, are you eating ice cream again tonight? I'm like, yeah, it's Thursday. Like, every night? we eat ice cream every night after dinner. Please give me some ice cream. The Carl's a big uh, guy. I love oh, Ben and Jerry's because their ice cream, I know it's they use all – like fresh ingredients and it's like so good. Yeah. So good. I'm Turkey Hill myself. <laughs> Big turkey I do love Turkey Hill. Yeah. yeah. It's so that, good, especially right Turkey Hill uh Tin Roof Sunday used to be my favorite growing up. Tin Roof Sunday, Turkey Hill. Loved it. Shout out Stepdad Rob. Loved it. But <sighs> I, we're we're coming at the top of the hour, dude. I I feel like I could talk dairy and milk forever, but I can't shut the episode down without me doing my cow call. And I need you to tell me if it sounds legit or not. He's been talking okay. about how he sounds like a cow. No, my dad taught me how to do a real moo. <laughs> Growing up, I, I spent a little bit of like, so, so where I'm from, my dad was friends with a family called the Linvilles. And in Delaware County, it's like Linville Orchards. That's where you get your pumpkins and your apples, yeah. you know, orchards. So I spent a couple of summers working there. My dad lived on the farm there. Used to drive the hay rides like back in the day. But we always used to trade cow calls to see if we could get a cow to come from the field to the fence. I told Carl to not do this. That's so everyone. Chef's like, you need to do it. It's probably pretty good. So I'm going to- I want to hear his cow voice. And do my cow call. And you tell me if it sounds pretty legit or if it's terrible. And then All we have right, a question after that. Be honest. I'm nervous. Yeah. Now you're making me nervous. Hold on. Let me breathe real quick. Okay, close your eyes. <laughs> Honestly, that was a lot better than I expected it to be. See? Yes, yes. <laughs> I knew it. I know. Because most people are like, oh moo, 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 moo. <laughs> I know it's a low throat. Like, Let's hear it one more time, Carl. Oh, we couldn't hear it. Depends it. on how frosted. Like, if they're ready to milk, it gets a little louder. I believe me i've seen a lot of of moon noises and i've lost to my dad on multiple occasions because the cows would always he come to him voice. oh fob has so i call him my dad's name is frank so i call him fob because he's frank o'brien so fob's cow voice he always could get the cows to come to the fence they would never come for me never cob, cob cob that's why we say the corn cob is his uh spirit like symbol I love corn growing up i like it yeah i like so it no i was pretty good I, that was pretty good, honestly, because you're right. A lot of people just go go with the, you know, yeah. the moo, and it's, <laughs> it's not that at all. <laughs> it's an aggressive, heated moan, and they yeah, are. It is. It's, most it's of the time, it's the, they need to be milked. I mean, Carl, yeah. I'll be honest. I was ex- not expecting that either. I really wasn't. So, <laughs> and then the last question, and I feel like we heard the answer, but so we usually ask people like, what was delivered to their house most recently? Like, I'm kind of interested, like what would be delivered to a farmer's house? And do you guys need anything to get delivered to your house? Yeah. I mean, honestly, my house, my wife, I think her, her motto through all of this through COVID was a package a day keeps the Rona away. <laughs> and, uh, That's, awesome. That's hilarious. And I love it. So it was like every day I'm like, I'm like, sweet. We're not going out to eat. We're saving money. You know, right. can't go yeah. anywhere. And it's like, Package. Somehow, package. We're just, yeah, it's everything. She's like, "Well, we needed this." And right. So I just um, we needed but, to have one of these. So a lot. Of, I mean, honestly, I don't usually. I hardly ever right. order anything. You know, she's the one that kind of runs runs our house for the kids. But as far as like the farm, we get a lot of stuff delivered. Um, you know, just today. You know, typical stuff. You know, that not most people have. Like, you know, we have feed deliveries and. But a lot of, you know, like parts and repair stuff, we get a lot of that stuff delivered as well. But, man, I wish I had, like, a, a good answer. But, honestly, <laughs> nobody ever has probably, a good answer. I don't know. A package a day keeps Rona away was pretty That's good. That's a pretty good saying, yeah. We should probably yeah. get her a shirt that says that. So she yeah, that, should, <laughs> that should be on a T-shirt for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. But, no, this was great, man. I really, appreciate you coming on, Jared. Let's yeah. get a picture so we can have and, a party. I wouldn't be right without, uh, you know, throwing in a Go Birds before we get out of here. Oh, Go Birds. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Go Birds. 
We're so grateful you joined us for today's episode. Please go ahead and leave us a review here on the podcast. And if you love our content, we're also on Instagram and Facebook at The Easy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and drop us a note, even over email, beeasypodpod at gmail.com. Maybe you'll join us for a future episode. So until next time, friends, be easy.